Alright, hi guys, this is uh, Mixie Plum and Mike Chase and we are the House of Snark. Yay! Yeah! This is actually episode three of the House of Snark. Why is it episode three of the House of Snark? Because we lost one and two. So... They're lost to the ages. <laughs> House of Snark, episode three, the revenge of the sarcasm. There may be some material locked away in a vault somewhere that you all may see one day, but episode three is episode one as far as y'all are concerned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what are we talking about today? Well, we wanted to talk about abortion. We sure did. Yeah, it's, it's time. Everybody should be talking about abortion. So, And episode three sounds like a good episode to start on abortion to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not. you don't want to jump in on episode one with that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So let's start with Mikey then. You wanted to talk, give us a little info about Roe v. Wade, please, sir? So yeah, let's start with, this seems like a good point in history to start with this discussion. Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court decision in 1973. The decision essentially ruled that under the 14th Amendment, the Due Process Clause created a right to privacy for women when it comes to abortion. Uh, they wanted to balance this out with the, the prenatal rights by, by putting some restrictions in place. They ruled essentially that first trimester abortions would always be A-OK. Second trimester, you're getting into states' rights territory, essentially. And third trimester would be only in situations of where there was a medical necessity to it. And this laid the groundwork for how, in America anyway, abortion was treated ever since. Individual states have written rules and laws uh, governing various aspects of abortion since then. Uh, the abortion experience has not been an even one from state to state since then, but federally, at the federal level, that has been the governing principle uh, that America has been working on since 1973. Wow, that is a lot. And now it's being uh, trying to be overturned. They've been trying to overturn it forever. This is just the latest yeah. <laughs> batch of effort to try to overturn exactly. it. Exactly. They're really attacking us now. And honestly, women and men, we need to come together and fight this shit. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, it's so such an odd time right now in America. Um, just one of the observations I made was that uh, the outer rim of the country is... is more leaning towards issues of LGBTQIA rights and legalizing a very wondrous herb everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how the East and West Coast are doing right now. We're like, yeah, let's, let's be more, you know, accepting of things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the whole middle of the country, the inner part... <laughs> It's all about getting rid of hymen rights, as I call it. <laughs> or human, you know. That's, no joke, that's what's in here in the notes, folks. Hymen rights. <laughs> it was a misspell, really, but uh, when we saw it, I was like, that's funny. <laughs> it reminds me of that play, The Lottery, um, crazy play where the, the, the society stones someone once a year through a draw of a lottery to make their crops grow. Um, it's that kind of repression, o oppression, something pression, right? Definitely some kind of pression. 
Um, it, it's it's a situation it, where the state is is holding an inordinate amount of power over a person's agency over their body. Exactly, and it's it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous speed is what it is. It is. Um, and we can talk about. I'd like to. We'd like to talk about some of the uh, the more modern stories uh, in history uh, undergo. You know about abortion that have uh, resurfaced. Um, one story that I really like is of Sherry Finkbein. Um, so TLDR, because you know we're not going to get too too heavy and like let's talk about this for five hours. No, this shit ain't happening. <laughs> so TLDR, um, her in '61, uh, her husband was in Europe and brought her back some sedatives, and she took them and was unaware that they c- contained thalidomide. And if I'm sure if you younger people need to know what thalidomide is, that's really condescending. I don't mean that, young people. If you don't know what thalidomide you is... You bunch of dumb youngs. <laughs> if you don't know what thalidomide is... You young idiots. You can do things... We love you, I'm just playing. <laughs> you can do things like listen to We Didn't Start the Fire by Biddley Joel. When he goes, children of thalidomide... And a really, there was a harsh term in the 80s and 90s to do with a dolphin to describe the, um, such victims of thalidomide, which left you without limbs. And so at five months, they told Sherry her child was, um, uh, she tried to get a, uh, an abortion at five months and America wouldn't let her. In 1962, she went to Sweden um, to get a legal and safe abortion um, because she tried other avenues in America and it just wasn't flying. And once they did successfully perform the abortion, they had told her um, that the fetus wouldn't have survived anyway. It only had one arm and no legs. Hmm. And they couldn't even tell its gender. Hmm. The baby wasn't going to live. An abortion saved this woman's life. And you know what? She had a very healthy girl years later. Uh, sadly, she was fired from her television show on Romper Room, which ran for 25, 30 years. I grew up with it when I was a kid. And it's just, it's a sad story, but it's a very integral story in the fight for our autonomous rights for people with uteruses. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and it should be taken as a lesson, I think. So I think... I definitely recommend looking up Sherry Finkbein. Um, there was a movie HBO um, aired and Sissy Spacek, that's right, motherfucking Carrie, <laughs> um, uh, did Sherry Finkbein. And then later, HBO had another movie, and it was a series of three short movies, short films, and Carrie Fisher, Fisher oh my God, <laughs> Carrie Spacek was in that one too, and that is a very good movie. It takes place of three separate time periods to do with abortion um, in America. 96, 47, 52, something like that. The 96 one sounds a, yeah, very cool. So that's something I need to watch now because I didn't know that existed. I was looking up the, I looked up Sissy Spacek abortion movie and both of them came up. I'm like, there's oh. another one with her? Like, okay, I, I okay. I, I feel like there's a carry joke there with pig's blood and, and, and the prom <laughs> you know and maybe it's, it's just a really harsh allegory mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. knows 
Maybe, you know, it makes me think the actress is, is pro-right, pro-choice. Sure. And pro-choice, as we, you know, it could mean you might not want an abortion. You, you know, but you're still ha- fine with other people doing it and believing it because that's how it fucking should be. The wild thing about the Sherry Finkbein story to me, the more I'm sitting here thinking about this, is that this is a scenario where that, that child would not have lived her life was in danger, and she went on to live a healthy life and have a healthy child. Exactly. And this all seems very reasonable and rational and sane to me <laughs> that, that that's the trajectory her arc took, because that just seems like the way it ought to be, that like this is a medical procedure. This is a medical procedure people have been having since people have been having babies. Exactly. And the fact that we're now considering making it a taboo thing where it's it's going to be dangerous abortions happen instead of legal ones. Um, one of the failed theories of the Jack the whole the whole Jack the Ripper, um, Whitechapel murders, uh, there was one theory that it was a woman trying to perform abortions on the Prozies. Um because the prostitutes didn't want babies. They wanted to make money by selling sex. By the way, side note, sex work should be legal. Damn right it should. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so Jill the Ripper, um, they, um, what they've always, some one of the theories is they thought the murders were the aborted fetus. Hmm. You know, the women got mangled. Huh. That is an example of unsafe ways to do abortion. And we don't want you this definitely again. should not have an abortion from a serial killer. Exactly. People are that wearing not, coat hanger jewelry and support right now. We do not want this. We don't want toxic shock syndrome or no. septus. No. Do you want all these women to die going in a back alley coat hanger? No more wire hangers! <laughs> if you don't know what movie that's from, then I'm old. <laughs> so on to some pop culture We did some history and depressed people enough, I think Now that we've brought you down <laughs> We're going to keep you down there <laughs> Yeah, we are by, by going to the pop culture section of this episode um, Our song for the episode is Papa Don't Preach by Madonna We thought that was a very um, apt song So if you want to listen to that after this dance around to some Madonna, but think about it, you know? Yeah, she's keeping her baby, sure. But it's all about, like, having the choice and her father supporting her no matter what the choice was. And that song came out in 86. I was I was a kid, man. I was eight, and it taught me a good lesson. Word. Word. <laughs> Um, what other uh, pop culture things do we have? That, that is, a, it is really true that that song does put a valuable lesson out there in that, like, the thing to support isn't necessarily the person's abortion. It's it's their choice to have it. It's their, it's that it's an option there for them. Yes. No matter what you feel or what they feel, you know what I mean? If that's the route that they need to go, then that route needs to be available. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I had some other pop culture references. Why don't we go to one of yours? Like uh, BoJack Horseman? Uh, yes. Did you even pay attention to that? We just watched it. I don't remember what happened. So the wonderful thing about that BoJack Horseman episode is, and, okay, number one, 
everybody listening, if you have not watched BoJack Horseman yet, do that. Um, very good show. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is not just a dumb show about a cartoon horse. You will enjoy it, I promise. Um, number two, <laughs> the episode they did about abortion was amazing in that the the majority of the episode is very tasteless abortion jokes. It is focused around a, a celebrity who puts out a tweet saying she's getting an abortion um, it turns out, I'm not going to spoil nothing, I'm not going to say it turns out nothing, but <laughs> but the episode focuses around the shitstorm that that tweet starts in Hollywood. And there's just a million and one just really over-the-top, inappropriate abortion jokes. And the punchline to the entire episode, this is one thing I will spoil, so if you're worried about uh, a the, the punchline to an episode of BoJack Horseman that's from like three seasons ago. I guess skip ahead 30 seconds. <laughs> this isn't a fresh spoiler, but I'm giving you a warning anyway. You're welcome. The punchline of the entire episode is Diane is talking to a woman at the end and she makes, she cracks an equally inappropriate abortion joke and then says, but that's the thing about it. You have to be able to laugh about it to get through it. You have to be able to find the humor in it. You have to be able to to just get that pressure out. Was exactly. the I don't remember the exact words, but that was the gist of her speech. Was so you need to be able to just let it out like that. Exactly, and that goes for lots of things. When I was um, training to volunteer hospice, I had, they gave me a questionnaire, and one of the questions on it was, "How do you know when you're really over the death of a loved one?" And I wrote, when I can laugh again. And uh, when I got interviewed, this was years ago, um, the lady who interviewed me was like, well, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. You know, and it happens um, that you should laugh. Um, I mean, I, was, um, I gotta still show you, there's a, a comedian that was on the last Comedy Central roast that made fun of his dad dying in September 11th. It was mm. so dark, but it was so funny. And, um, you know, if you don't laugh about these things, you'll crack about them. Yeah. You know, you yes. can't keep it all in. Just let it out. And letting it out through art is a good thing. Yes. And um, that's why, you know, I think pop culture is definitely complementary to history. Mm -hmm. Where we can translate things for ourselves and understand them. Somebody should make a podcast about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what, Mikey? I think we may be. I'm not sure. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to talk about, which you don't know, and I'm surprised you don't know this considering you love the movie too, but in Fight Club. So I read the book first. and uh, No, 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 I'm sorry. I saw the movie first. Um, and I loved it. And then I went out and read the book. And... Um, I noticed that there was a different line in the book when Marla and Jack, I'm sorry, not Jack, Tyler, had sex. When he's saying, in the movie when uh, he goes to him and says, the shit that comes out of this girl's mouth. And then you cut away to Tyler and Marla fucking and she goes, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Well, in the book, that line is actually, I want to get pregnant. I want to have your abortion. 
And when I read the book, I thought that was a great line. Oh, man. Yeah, right? I'm like, damn, crazy bitch. But that is a really powerful fucking line, right? They've Mm -hmm. actually filmed both versions for the movie. And you can watch that version on the DVD. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it's a lot more somber. You just gave me a reason to watch Fight Club again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched it recently. (laughs) Anytime it's on TV, it's on, you know? But, um... They did, and um, instead of the the really raucous like panty panty sex scene, and I mean panty like sweaty mm-hmm. sex scene um, in the movie, they filmed a more somber one where uh, she's spooning him, and she says it real quiet. And I was like, that's cool that they filmed both of them. I get, I mean, obviously they knew that it wouldn't get past, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood can play it safe, like Juno. <laughs> Juno played it safe. There's an episode of Scrubs that played it safe when um, JD and Elizabeth Banks's character got pregnant. They they want to talk about all the options, and I thought, great, they're talking about all the options. But as soon as they talk about abortion, the one character is all about Jesus in the show. Like brings a statue of Jesus <laughs> by, and she's like, I know you didn't talk about abortion, blah blah blah, you know, mm-hmm. and. And and they had the baby, obviously. If you've watched Scrubs, JD, the character of JD has a son. But um, it's like, I don't think they handled that very right, Mm -hmm. you know? I like that they brought it up. The one part of that episode that was really good is when they brought up Jordan having an abortion and telling her four-year-old son about it, which is something I'm also very big on, being completely honest with your kids. Mm -hmm. And not hiding shit from them, like... Like, you know, death or... Things are only as weird to your kids as you make them. Exactly. Exactly. Not to tangent on that, but... Soapbox! I mean, look, if we can't tangent on a podcast, then why are we recording a podcast? That's true, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, are we even doing if we can't just go out on a rant sometimes? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, so, um, we got told to watch Obvious Child with Jenny Slate. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate is pretty rad. Money, please! <laughs> <laughs> and she's in Venom. I wish she, she's not really, she's just a scientist, and not just a scientist, but, you know. Scientists work hard, All right. <laughs> but she's not funny. <coughs> oh my god, really? Uh, I didn't mean to kill you with that Science just choked me. (laughs) (laughs) All right? I know science Science works. Science is coming for you. (laughs) That science you can feel choking you right now. Science is coming for you. Science is going to get you. (laughs) But it wasn't funny, Jenny Slate. It it was cool. She's in a movie. She's making a lot of money, Jenny Slate. Good Mm -hmm. for her. But, like, it's not like Bob's Burgers, Johnny Slate, or Parts and Rec, Jenny yeah, Slate. Yeah, yeah. But then again, this new movie that we just saw the trailer for, Obvious Child, it's all, it's her being adorable and meeting this awesome guy who very compliment, very much compliments her, and getting pregnant and talking about abortion through the whole movie. And from what I hear, it's, it's fucking brilliant. And then we recommend that to us as well yes. as you. Yes, that is our recommendation to us. Mm-hmm. We don't care what you do. But we need to watch that movie. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> that's a lie. We care what you do. You should watch it too. Yeah, no, I think that's good. <laughs> uh, I even had an abortion um, 20 something years ago. 20, oh, about, I'm not that old, am I? No, 15 years ago. <laughs> not even 15 years ago. Anyway, a number like of You're years getting ago. younger as this story goes. <laughs> Lots of years ago, 20, 15, 15 years ago, I had to get an abortion. Um, it was a choice I made willingly and, you know, every, there was open communication throughout all the parties. It wasn't the right time. And I, um, you know, I can admit that at that age, I would not have been able to have a child, support a child. I couldn't even watch myself, you know? And I don't think that's selfish. Um, mm -hmm. Women have heard that, that it's selfish to have an abortion. If, you, if you're having sex, you, you have it, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your responsibility. No, no, it's not. I wasn't ready to have a kid, and I didn't have a kid. You know what I have had? Two more kids who are the fucking awesomest kids in the fucking world. And they're going to take over the world, and all abortion is going to be legal. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Rain will be, will be tough but fair. Yeah, yeah. No, she will be fair. Are you kidding me? My preteen fair? No. Um, so, uh, uh, you made me lose my train of thought. I hate when that happens. So, oh, but the one thing I did regret about my abortion, I did not have my dogma moment on the day of my abortion. Remember in dogma when uh, Bethany is walking through the abortion clinic and, you know, the protesters are there, Scott Mosier, you're mm -hmm. a fucking baby killer. I love the Moj. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Janine Garofalo is walking by and she goes, oh shit, it's the Pope. <laughs> And ever since I saw Dogma, I'm like, <laughs> come on, that scene, that scene rocks. <laughs> Kevin Smith was not afraid to, you know, with his devout Catholic upbringing, to mm -hmm. piss in the face of abortion, mm -hmm. um, or the protesters, rather. So on the day of my abortion, there were no protesters. I was like, damn, I got cheated. But a year <laughs> later, <laughs> I'm going into that same Planned Parenthood and I am getting an annual checkup. And there were protesters out there. And I'm walking to the door. The protesters are looking at me, just being quiet. And then some basic woman in front goes, please don't kill your baby. And I look back and I flip my hair. And I said, I already did that last year. And then I sauntered through that door. <laughs> Got my moment. Awesome. Yay. I love that story. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't hate me yet, let's continue. <laughs> uh, you hear about the... Um, we're, we're either going to gain or lose a lot of people on this first episode. Yeah. <laughs> third. It's the third On this third episode. <laughs> third. Um, so I also hear that a lot of productions are pulling out of Georgia. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of, um, the first article I saw was about, um, 
Kristen Wiig and a bunch of other female-centered productions pulling out of Georgia mm-hmm. immediately. That was, the they did that, on. like, right away. Rock the fuck yes. on. Yes, yes. Then I read something else in that same article where certain, uh, let's say, um, cis male directors and production people and stuff were like, we're not pulling out because that'll mean people losing jobs. And I believe they had mentioned something about donating proceeds to abortion funds but um i think there could be a source of contention with that like yeah but they have to learn too you can't just all right some people will pull out some people won't so people have jobs like no you need to make a direct clear statement everybody mm-hmm. pull the fuck out of georgia mm-hmm. who do we hear would you say disney was disney is considering yeah the walking dead crew I mean, um, they've been filming there for years, Georgia. Come if I'm on. not mistaken, some of Netflix's productions may be up in the air now, too. Oh, really? I believe I saw something about that recently. Like, that's going to crash their economy, and they're going to have many less friends. So maybe they'll fucking wise up, right? And, like, to be totally fair, I do respect that that does mean there are some people in Georgia in those industries focused around production that are going to lose work. Yes, and I do. That I is feel for those people. Yeah. I feel for those people. I have sympathy for them and what they will lose because of this. Exactly. But they are also victims of this bill, as I see it. Exactly. They they are victims of Georgia's effort to to go back to a very archaic approach to abortion. Exactly, <laughs> and it affects men and women, and that's why I like that. You know men are stepping up more about this issue too Mm. you definitely see it all on twitter uh and think about uh volunteer opportunities escorting people through the clinics i know the clinics that exist in your area probably can very much appreciate that help i can tell you this without knowing where you live your local abortion clinic needs your help exactly they do i assure you (laughs) call them up and tell them you're willing to help if you are Exactly. And people going into these clinics, whether for abortion, which is that extremely small percent of why people go into these clinics in the first place, they need checkups and, and stuff with, you know, uh, uh, gynecological issues, not just pregnancy. Do not talk to anyone outside the parking lot of these places. We know of such one place where these protesters, they put on vests and take clipboards and try to stop cars as they're going in the clinic to trick them. And as soon as you open your window, it's, hey, don't kill your baby. Exactly. This is, this is like terrorism. This is social, civil terrorism. They're hassling women who are getting a legal medical procedure. That is not okay. Exactly. That is a gross thing to do to another human being. Exactly. And uh, we also want to say that um, if you uh, don't know of any charities to donate to, if that might be what you want to do, abortionfunds.org, very good place. They help fund abortions. It says it in the address. They are going to help people get the abortions that they need and cannot afford. And that is a worthwhile cause, especially in a time where a lot of states are trying to make it so people cannot get those abortions that they need. Yes. Wow, we did bring it down. You were right. Yeah. Yeah. We started we started down and we kept them down here with yeah, us. Yeah, 
this is a Damn, great this, episode three. Is, yeah, it's a good thing this isn't episode one. This <laughs> <laughs> be a real downer for episode one, so I'm real glad this is episode well, three. Well, we could do, or let's be a little lighter. So this episode we called The Revenge of the Sarcasm. Um, I am a little crazy with making puns. Like, you oh, know. And, and portmanteaus. Inappropriate puns and clever portmanteaus is my thing. Are my thing. Let's be grammatically correct here. Um, You're a writer, not an editor. You know, I'm not an editor. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a writer. There is no editing. We don't need to be grammatically correct. I need to reverse Hemingway, write sober, drink editing. Wow, that wasn't even right edited so correctly. <laughs> Edit drinking. Drink editing. Drink editing, yeah. I'm the writer. I'm I'm not don't I can't you can't tame the horse. You know what I'm saying? The wild horse. That wild horse wants to drink that editing, you let it. <laughs> you can lead a horse to editing, but you cannot make it drink. <laughs> No, but you have to make it drink. <laughs> that horse has got to drink that editing. You've got to figure drink out how to make that horse drink. <laughs> so, yeah, so I made this pun on our uh, real first episode uh, where we were describing the title of our podcast, which we came up with, The House of Snark, because... Um, um, Mikey is a huge GOT fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I am not, <laughs> but I did come in for the last two episodes because I really liked the hype. It was fun to talk about it with my friends, even though I wasn't keen on every detail. But I tell you, watching the last two episodes, you could kind of predict what happened. You know. <laughs> I love that eight seasons, all this story's happened, and you come in for the last two episodes. Yep. And I knew what was going to happen, too. I'm like, this is so predictable. You're like, I'm going to get on this bandwagon at the last stop. Yep. I was going to do that with Lost. People, all those fucking Lost parties. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I used to hang out with a girl who would talk at length about Lost. Oh, my God. Who and, cares? And her feelings on Lost. You know what? And, uh, you know what annoyed me? That people who watched it from the beginning, they didn't like the ending. I loved the ending of Lost. Really? Yeah, I do. I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic and beautiful, and they all came together at the end. I didn't mind the sideways flashback. There were things I liked about the end, but overall, after watching that show for all those seasons, that was not the ending I wanted. Yeah. I don't know what the ending I wanted was. Sounds like a Game so of like, Thrones fan. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't mean to be like a dick to the writers of Lost here. See, I'm right not watching any of this. Oh my god. Jeez. The I remember me and my co-parent watching Six Feet Under. The whole run we watched. And we used to. he used to joke. He's like, you know what the last episode's going to be? I'm like, what? He's like, they're all going to die. I'm like, how funny would that be? And then they did! On the very last episode of Six Feet Under, they show them all their deaths throughout the years. And we were like, oh my god, you, you did it! You said it! That's amazing! And we loved it. Six Feet Under spoiler warning. Oh yeah, well, come on. I'm being snarky with my oh. spoiler warnings. <laughs> yes, we are the house of I'm not, I'm not worried about spoiling. Guys, if you haven't watched Six Feet Under yet, Nobody dies. You, yeah, they all live happily ever after. It is a show about life. 
obviously. <laughs> Six feet over. Yes. Literally in every episode over. of that show, someone dies. So, Do you remember how much hype there was for celebrities who wanted to be the corpse on the episode? I want to be the corpse. I want to really? be the corpse. Everybody wants to be the corpse. I want to be a corpse in SVU. Oh Why can't God. I get out of this mortal coil? <laughs> Damn it! So anyway, <laughs> I want to be the corpse. So we were happy with House of Snark. I even thought of House of Snark, even though I'm not GOT. I'm like, it's perfect for us, House oh, yeah. of Snark. And then uh, we are the a first, couple of snarky motherfuckers. We really are, M- Marky Snotherfuckers, indeed. Yes. Um. So we were filming our recording our first episode, and I was like, you know. Try not to fall into the sarcasm, which is my favorite portmanteau, S-A-R-C-H-A-S-M. That's and a very good word. Yeah, and then we're like, oh shit, we need, should have named the show that. So now every episode, just title is going to have the word snar- sarcasm in it. So, Revenge of the Sarcasm. The abortion sarcasm. The abortion. <laughs> but if you think about it, women are getting revenge on this shit. Yes. Revenge of the sarcasm. And, uh, yeah, so, um, how do you, this is our third episode and we're done already. Wow. Yeah. I'm very happy. Should we We did our, a good job. Yeah, we, I think we did too. We did great. I love us, Mikey. Me too. We rock. Okay, we totally rock. Hell we yeah. High five. What, what? Should we pimp ourselves? Sure, I don't see why not. Okay, cool. I'm Mikey Chase and, uh, <laughs> I have a podcast called House of Snark. That's it. <laughs> I've pimped myself. He flipped the papers down. It was perfect. <laughs> and I am Mixie Plum. I am a writer. Uh, my debut um, novel, no, I'm sorry, novella, is on Amazon. It's called In the Sun by Mixie Plum. You can also find me on Instagram at A Bottle of Plum. I have a theme going. Um, I'm. Mikey is making my website as we speak, but I do a lot on my Instagram. I love the books to family. I'm actually reciting a poem. I'll be reciting poetry and singing some silly songs once in a while on the uh, live portion of it. I've been having so much fun. So come see me on Instagram and engage with me. I would love that. You're doing live stuff on Instagram too now. I gotta get. You're gonna make me get an Instagram account. Aren't yeah, you? I am. Ugh. What the geek? I've gotten this far without having an Instagram account. You're gonna make me have one. Everybody, tell what the geek to get an Instagram account. Oh, oh my I'll god. get an Instagram account. Because <laughs> I, I was sick of doing it on YouTube. I was burning out. I was doing my poetry on YouTube, and I just got burnt out. I'm like, I, I have way more fun on Instagram. Let's do it there. I'm I'm filming it tonight here at your house. You awesome. know that, right? Yeah. I did. I did. I, I heard something about outfit. that. I have an outfit. I have makeup. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Seven o'clock tonight. I mean, you guys will hear that after this airs. But... Yeah, that means nothing to you guys. You don't even know what today is to us. <laughs> this podcast is coming at you through time and space. Fuck yeah! You don't know what? when this is. <laughs> ah, did we have an Alterna? No, we didn't. No. Okay. I like what we did. This is good. Me too. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to us, and we hope you listen to us more, and you rock. You do rock. You've been a very good audience for making it this far. And that's, we should, you know what we should do? We should reward them at the end with something dumb. Okay. Like what? I don't know. It could be singing. I had half an idea I there. Want to sing. I had half an idea half there. An, oh, half an idea. Well, if anybody could tell Mikey 
What we should Hey get. guys, what would you like? <laughs> what would yeah. you like from yeah, us? Yeah, tell us what you want. If you make it through one of our podcasts, we want you to feel like you got something. Yeah, if you got all the way here, you deserve something. Yes, like, you deserve um, a treat. Yeah. Go we'll get be... yourself some ice cream. Yeah. We'll... You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> mint chocolate chip. You want well, mint yeah, chocolate chip. Well, yeah, mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip's good as hell. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we'll be posting pictures and links, of course, in our closing story notes and stuff. So come uh, listen to the next episode. It's all about death. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Death. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.